to 2 Kings chapter 8. 2 Kings chapter 8. Now we're going to start off with a, with a, with a question, a Bible question. We'll see how many of you know your Bibles. How, how many of you think you know your Bibles relatively well? <laughs> Boy, that's a loaded question, is it not? Uh, okay, here's the question. Um, who can tell me who Eliphaz was? Okay, Brandon knows. Anybody else know who Eliphaz was? Okay, okay, there's two. Anybody else? Okay, Brandon? Nope. Nope. Good try, though. Good try. Tony? Nope. Larry? <laughs> As soon as I tell you, you, everybody's going to go, oh, that's who it is. Yeah, that guy. Come on. Really, nobody knows who Eliphaz is? E-L-I-P-H-A-Z. Eliphaz. Okay, Eliphaz was one of Job's friends. Okay. <laughs> See, I told you. I told you. You'd go, oh, I know him. Yeah. <clears throat> now, 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 how many of you had broken out your phones and was Googling uh, elephant? <laughs> yes, sir. And that may be. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that. Yeah, that that could be that could be. <clears throat> there you go, there you go. I believe you. I I truly, I truly do. I I a Temanite. Oh, a Temanite. I don't know. I I just know he was Job's friend. That's all I know. Okay. And the the truth is, did Eliphaz say a lot of stupid things? Okay, he did. But Eliphaz said something that is still true today. In Job chapter 4, verse 8, this is what he said. Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity shall sow wickedness, reap the same. They that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. That is still true today. Solomon repeated this, this truth in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 8. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail. Uh, the prophet Hosea graphically put it this way. Hosea uh, 8. Uh, uh, chapter 8, verse 7 said, For they have sown a whirlwind and shall reap what? Or, or, or have sown the wind and shall reap what? A whirlwind. You reap more than you sow. You reap uh, a greater quantity, but you always reap what you sow. Second uh, Corinthians chapter six, or chapter 9, verse 6 says, but this I say, 
uh, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. In chapter 6, or, or uh, excuse me, in chapter 8, the first six verses of chapter 8, we're going to see two types of reaping. We're going to see spiritual reaping, and we're also going to see carnal reaping. You reap what you sow. Let's read the first six verses of chapter 8. Then spake Elijah unto the woman whose son he had restored to life. Now let's, let's stop right there. Who is this woman? Okay, what, what, what do we know her as? What is, the, the, what is she normally referred to as? The Shunammite, the, the Shunammite uh, woman. Okay, um, uh, arise and go thou and thy uh, household and sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn for the Lord hath called for a, a famine and it shall also come upon uh, the land seven years. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God. And she went her uh, household and sojourn in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass uh, at the uh, seven years end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines and she went forth uh, to cry unto the king uh, for her house and her land. And the king asked, uh, uh, excuse me, talked with Gehazi, uh, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things uh, that Elijah hath done. Uh, and it came to pass, as he was telling uh, the king how uh, he had restored the dead body of, uh, to life, that the uh, behold the woman whose son uh, he had restored to life cried, and the king uh, uh, cried to the king for her house uh, and her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is the son who Elijah restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land even until now. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are truly thankful and grateful for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to look at your word tonight and ask that you would speak to our hearts and that you would help us, dear God, to be more like you because of our time together around the word. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. The title of my message is God Rewards Faithfulness. God Rewards Faithfulness. We were first introduced to the Shunammite woman in <clears throat> chapter 4 of 2 Kings. Uh, and I want to kind of give you a brief history in case you're not familiar who she is. Uh, but she was the, the first person that we know of that built a prophet's chamber. Uh, she built a, house, a, a room on the side of her house for Elijah, uh, for, excuse me, for Elijah. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> Elijah was so thankful for uh, what she had done 
that her, her and her husband had spent their own money to do the, to build this prophet's chamber. So as he and and his uh, his uh, uh, servant would would be traveling, they would always have a place to stay. So <clears throat> they they built the prophet's chamber on the side of their home, and Elijah was so Elisha was so uh, appreciative of what what she had done and what what they had done the the husband included um he realized that the woman had not had a child and and uh, the, her husband was very old and they had not been able to have any children so elijah elisha prayed and asked god to give her the blessing of having a son and sure enough the the son was born and Sometime later, as he was growing up, the son died, and uh, she comes to Elisha and says, "You know, it would have been better that I had never had a son than to have a son and lose him." And and Elisha uh, has compassion, actually sends Gehazi, his servant, on and says, "You see if you can revive the boy. I'll be I'll be right behind you." Gehazi goes, is not able to revive the boy. Elisha goes in, brings the boy back to life. So the, the Shunammite woman has sown spiritual seeds over and over and over and has been the recipient of reaping what she had sown. God used her. Uh, to do great things, but she was willing to be used. The, 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 the one thing that we can look back at the life of the uh, Shunammite woman is the fact that God blessed her in a mighty way, but she was willing to be used in a mighty way. And so often we have to be so careful because we want the blessings of God in our lives, do we not? But way too often, we're not willing to put ourselves out there. In chapter 8, we see God continuing to show his blessings in her life. Uh, Elisha uh, comes to her in in the first couple verses here and says, Hey, look, we're getting ready to go into a seven-year famine. You need to get out of Dodge, you and your family and and your, your household, you guys need to leave. Uh, and, and by the way it's worded in chapter 8, by the time we get to chapter 8, uh, her husband is probably dead by, by this point. So what does she do? She, she gathers her stuff together and she gets out of, out of Dodge. So <clears throat> point number one I want to make tonight, and this is, this is something that, that, that we, we should, I, I hope you get a hold of this, so you already have gotten a hold of this. Number one, God controls nature. Uh, Genesis chapter 7, verses 1 through 4 says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come uh, thou and thy house into the the ark, for thee thee have I seen uh, righteous uh, before me in this generation. Uh, Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee uh, by seven. Uh, And by the way, there were not two by two. 
Okay, you know, the little Noah's Arks that you see, everything's two by two, that's not true. Okay, the clean animals, it was seven by seven. Okay, just saying. Uh, 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 the male, uh, 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 the male of, uh, uh, hold on, uh, uh, and his female and of the beast uh, that, uh, that are not clean by two. Uh, the male and the female of the fowls of the air by sevens. <clears throat> and the male and female take, uh, to, uh, man, I'm having trouble reading. I'm sorry. Uh, to keep seed alive upon the uh, face of all the earth for yet seven days, and I will uh, cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. Now, did did Noah have any idea what rain was? No, it had never rained up until this time. So when God was telling him this, he had no clue what was about to happen. And every living substance that I have made, I will destroy upon the face of the earth. God controls nature. If you want to tip me over the edge, okay, I my, my uh, pastors live on the edge, okay, just saying, okay. We, every pastor I know lives right on the edge. But if you want to tip me over the edge, uh, tell me Mother Nature's in charge. I, I, I just, I, I, this week, listening, listening to the hurricane reports and everything uh, down there off the coast of Florida, you know, all these, well, and Mother Nature. And I, I, it, it, every time I hear that, I just, I want to choke someone. I just, it, it just, it, it upsets me so much. Because there is no such thing as Mother Nature. And please, parents, do not let your children swallow that garbage. God is in control of nature. Now, within nature, God has put certain parameters and cycles of of certain things. And hurricanes happen, okay? It's just part of nature. But God's in charge of all of that. Man, I feel better. Oh, I just every time I hear it, I want to throw something at the television. I, 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 I would throw something at the television if the guy on the other side would feel it. <clears throat> Was that mean? I don't know. Was, I don't know if that's mean or not, but it it wasn't intended to be mean. But it just, you know, see, God, God. God used famines often in the history of Israel, did he not? Why? Okay, to teach a lesson? Why else? To get their attention? Okay, sometimes it was just to teach them that they needed to depend on him. There you go. Yeah, you got to tear down before you can build. There you go. Patricia, did you say something? Consequences. Absolutely. So the, the, the reality is that the, the, the famines were, were really nothing new. Uh, Genesis chapter 41, verses 25 to 28 says, And Joseph said unto, unto Pharaoh, uh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God hath showed Pharaoh what he is 
about to do. Uh, <clears throat> here Joseph is revealing to uh, the Pharaoh what God is about to do. Again, God using famine to move the children of Israel. The seven good kind are seven years and the seven good ears are seven years and <clears throat> the dream is one and the seven thin and ill favored kind that came up after them are seven years and the seven empty ears blasted with the uh, east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto you, Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto thee. God is in control of nature. And you think, well, well, a loving God wouldn't starve people. No, no. A loving God provides for people. And there are times when God needs to use nature to, to tear us down so that he can, he can rebuild us. Ruth chapter 1, verse 1, And uh, now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man uh, of, of somewhere east of, uh, east of Fresno, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and, his, and the two sons. Now, now you, you know, you, 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 the book of Ruth was born out of a man, uh, and I just lost his name. What was Ruth's husband's name? Or, or not husband, uh, Naomi's husband's name. Elimelech. Elimelech. Elimelech did not trust God during the famine moves his family out of Israel to, quote-unquote, avoid the famine. But God used Elimelech's bad choices, and we have the book of Ruth. See, God can take bad things and make good things out of them. And I, and I have to mention 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, and Elijah uh, the Tishbite, who was uh, of the inheritance of uh, Gilead, said unto Ahab, uh, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be uh, dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now I have a question for you. Is Israel the only example of famine uh, that God uses today. Can and does God use famine today? Absolutely he does. Now, now, <clears throat> uh, does, does famine have to be a lack of rain? No, it doesn't. In, uh, <clears throat> in Psalm chapter 42, verses 5 and 6, it says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him uh, for, the, for the help of uh, his countenance. 
Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore uh, will I remember thee from the land of, jo- of Jordan and uh, of the uh, Hermonites and, the hi- and uh, from the hill of Mizar. Now, would you say that when David wrote the, f- the 42nd Psalm, that his soul was in famine? Absolutely. See, we can have, see, famine, famine comes in a lot of shapes and sizes and, and, and ways. Uh, uh, we can have uh, 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 a famine from the fellowship of God, can we not? I, I, there have been times in my life in the, the f- almost 40 years that I've been saved, there have been times in my life that God has felt so far away. And I, and I, like David, cried, why is my soul cast down? What about a famine with the fellowship of believers? Absolutely. What about a, a famine of the blessings of God in your life? Have you ever felt like you have gone through an extended period of time and you've not seen God do anything? Have you ever felt like that? The peace, there's no peace in your life. Lots of turmoil. Well, I'm here to tell you, God hasn't moved. God hasn't moved. And God is the same God in the in 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 the in the uh, <laughs> in the accounts of Exodus as He is today. And He used famine there. He used famine in all through the Book of Genesis, all through the the, the 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 Old Testament. God used famine after famine after famine to get the children of Israel's attention. God never moved. The children of Israel moved. And God will use famine in our lives the exact same way. God hasn't moved. I believe that had the people repented that the famine would have been over in, in, in the, the, the account that we just read in Second Kings chapter 8. Had the people turned back to God, God would have canceled the, the famine, but they didn't. In Exodus chapter 32, verse 9, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, this is a verse that typifies the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel, they were a stiff-necked people. They, They were going to do what they wanted to do. And 
for years after I got saved, I would read the Old Testament and I would think, are these people really that stupid? Are they, I mean, they just went through this in the last chapter and they're doing it again. Are they really that stupid? And then you know what God did? He gave me a mirror. And he said, are you really that stupid? And I said, yes. Because we do the same thing. And God is constantly having to bring, quote unquote, famines into our lives to get us where he wants us to be. Point number two, not only does uh, God controls nature, but God is in control. How how many times since we've been studying the life of Elijah and Elisha have we talked about the fact that God is in control? God is in control. Verse 3, And it came to pass at at, uh, at the seven years' end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines and she went forth and cried unto the king and uh, for her house and her land. And the king uh, talked with Gehazi, I, the servant, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, the servant of the man of God, saying, tell me, I pray thee, all the things that Elijah hath done. Now, <clears throat> there is a... Uh, We, we see here two important meetings, two God-ordained meetings. Uh, in, in, in 21st century America, we, we call them God things, do we not? When God, when God works out all the details and we just say, whoa, that's a God thing. But what, here we see two meetings that are ordained, I believe, ordained from God. The first one is with the Shunammite woman and the king. At the end of the seven years of famine, she returns home to find that her property is occupied by someone else. Now, I don't know what it would have been like to get an audience with the king uh, back then, but I don't think it was any easier than it is today to get an audience with President Trump. But she gets an audience with the king. They had a, um, somebody had confiscated her land. Uh, whether whether the confiscate, now, now, now this detail is left out. We do not know if the confiscation is a legal confiscation or, or somebody just moved in. We, we, we don't know. <clears throat> we don't know if it was because she was gone, she didn't pay her taxes, the government took it and sold We don't know what happened. All we know is that her land was no longer hers. Now, let me ask you a question. Who told her about the famine that was coming. Elisha did. And what did Elisha tell her to do? 
to get out of Dodge. So she did what? She left with her whole household. So question, was she in the will of God? Yes. Another question. Does being in the will of God omit us from having to go through hard times? We can be slap dab in the middle of God's will and still have to struggle. Bad things happen to good people. And here she was in the midst of this. I, I just can't imagine coming home after being gone for seven years to having my home occupied by someone else, knowing that she had done right. Now, it'd be one thing if she was like Elimelech uh, and Naomi who, who left out of the will of God. I get that. But this woman was in the will of God. Now, put yourself in her, in her situation. Would you not think, at least this is how I think, wouldn't you think that she would assume that God would take care of her property while she was gone? God is the one who said, get out of Dodge. So I got out of Dodge. I did what God told me to do. But now all of a sudden, everything's gone. Trials are one way that God keeps us where he needs us to be. Acts chapter 17, verse 28, For in him we live and move and have our being. Job chapter 10, excuse me, chapter 12, verse 10, In, in whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the, and the breath of all mankind. The Shunammite woman was not exempt from trials in her life. Even though she, she did right, she sowed, righteousness and she reaped righteousness but she that is not an exemption from the trials of life the second meeting that takes place is between a guy named Gehazi and the king now who can tell me who Gehazi we just read it but who is Gehazi he's Elijah's servant now why is, now think about this, why is this meeting between Gehazi and the king so unusual? Okay, well, but what else? What, think about it now. Why, why is Gehazi's meeting with the king so unusual. Well, but wouldn't wouldn't Elijah have sent him to the king to carry messages? You know what I'm saying? But see, this is this is the key. And, and as soon as I say this, you're all going to go, "Oh, yes, that's right. He was a leper." Remember. 
for taking the money. He was a leper. Gehazi was a leper. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 25 and following, but he went in and stood before his master, and Elijah said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Oh, thy servant uh, uh, went on uh, went on whither. Uh, in other words, oh, I've just out been around, no, no, nothing going on. Uh, and he said unto him, Went not thine heart uh, with thee? Uh, uh, went not mine heart with thee? Uh, when the, the man turned again from the chariot to meet thee, uh, is it a time to receive money and to re- and to receive garments and uh, 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 olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and manservants and maidservants? The leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from the presence a leper as white as snow. <clears throat> now, I personally, apart from being a God thing, see no way the king would ever be talking to Gehazi because of the leprosy. Now, <clears throat> it is possible. And and I, I, I did some reading and I, I got a bunch of opinions from different uh, theologians and everything. So I wanted to kind of share this different scenarios that could have taken place. We are not told, but it could be uh, uh, that uh, Elijah, uh, or, or excuse me, that Gehazi had repented and gone to Elisha, and Elisha, you know, said, "Okay, your your leprosy's gone or whatever." Blah blah blah. I I personally don't believe that if that was to happen, that Elijah was said, okay, come back to work. I, I don't think he would have trusted him ever again. So I, I don't know. We, we don't know what happened. Uh, another scenario um, may be that um, the, the king just happened to be going down the road and Gehazi was over on the side of the road in his leper, leper garments uh, and the king happened to recognize him from previous working with 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 uh, Elisha again we we don't know um anyway a, a lot of a lot of different scenarios all i'm saying is god is in control one of the one of the theologians i i i read said that that chapter 8 actually happened before before the anyway i'm like wow that's really stretching it <clears throat> In any case, this was a God-ordained meeting. God is in control. Never forget that. When, when, when the impossible needs to happen, guess what? God can make it happen. Number three, not only is God in control but God's unseen truth. And, and this, is, this is really important. I want you to get this. Um, verse 4, it says, And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elijah hath done. And it came to pass, as he was talking, uh, telling uh, the king how that uh, he had restored a dead body to life, that the woman, uh, uh, that behold, the woman whose son uh, he had restored to life cried, 
to the king for her uh, for her house and for her land. And Gehazi I said, uh, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is the, her son, whom Elijah restored to life. Is that a true statement? No, it's not. Who restored the boy to life? God did. God did. Gehazi, his Elijah's servant, didn't get it. Look at look back at verse four. At the end there, he says, "Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that what." Elijah, not God, through Elisha, the king didn't get it. The unseen truth. The, the, <clears throat> the, the king didn't understand that it was God using Elijah to do these great miracles. And the sad part is Gehazi didn't get it either. Way too often, we get so distracted by the things of this world that we cannot see the things that God is doing in our lives. You asked me, because of my reference to the hurricane earlier, well, how could anything good come out of a hurricane? Well, I'm here to tell you a lot of good things can come out of a hurricane. I lived, Melanie and I lived through Hurricane Hugo back in, what, 1842? Uh, uh, 1989. We lived through Hurricane Hugo. And I'm here to tell you, if for no other reason, our next door neighbor got saved because of Hurricane Hugo. That one soul was worth it all. Now, was there a lot of devastation or a lot of a, it, people died? Yes. And, and I get that. But most of the time, the people that die are the ones that are stupid and stay. Just saying, okay? Most of the time. Not every time, but most of the time. I could go on for hours telling you of stories of things that God did through Hurricane Hugo. And we look at the disaster that's bearing down on Florida, possibly Georgia, South Carolina, wherever it's going to hit. You know, and we feel sorry for the people, but you know what? God is in control. And there is unseen truth everywhere. These two guys didn't get it. They had, they had no idea of what God had been doing in their lives. They were clueless to it. Look at verse 6. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed <clears throat> unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that is her uh, that was hers and all the fruits of the fields since the day that she left the land even into now. Did you get that? Not only, not only did she get her house and all of her land back, but she got the fruits 
or the prophets that were made the seven years she spent away. Somebody else was working the property, but she got all of it. The king not only conveyed the property, but all everything. That, my friends, is a God thing. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. All things. I, I, I look back here and I see this, this family hurting right now. I, 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 I can't imagine what you're going through. But all things work together for God. All things. This woman is a beautiful picture of the faithfulness. She, she over and over and over and over sowed righteousness. And she reaped righteousness. She reaped the blessings of God in her life. Now, was her life always easy? Absolutely not. But the one thing that I appreciate about her is when, when life went south on her, she didn't whine and complain about it. She just went to the king and said, Hey, king, I want my property back. And the king finds out who she is and, she's, and he says, Okay, it's yours. God is in control. And there are unseen truths all around us. Gehazi and the king are both examples of, of, of men who sowed carnality. And what did they reap? They reap misery. God knows every trial that is in your future. Because I'm here to tell you, if you're breathing, trials will be a part of your life. But when we understand that God is in control of the famines in our lives, not only is he in control of the famines in our lives, but he is in control of everything anyway. And there are, there are hidden treasures and truths all around us. All we have to do is look for them. He is faithful. How many of you have ever been through a difficult situation? I mean a really difficult situation. And after, after you get through it and life kind of comes back to normal and you get your feet back on the ground, you look back and you think, wow, if it hadn't been for this thing way, way, way back here, I would have never made it through that. We've all been there too. God knows what's in your future and His plans for you our peace. But he knows what you need. The Shunammite 
sowed spiritual seed and she reaped spiritual blessings. What an incredible six verses of Scripture that we can grow with and claim as our own when we have a famine of our own.